<clears throat> okay, this morning, we are greatly blessed by what I would, he's a special speaker, kind of, but he's a special guy. Last, last service, I said, he's not that special. What I meant is that he's not a special guest. He's, anyway, the point is, he is a special guy, and we are blessed by Dan. Uh, Dan and I have known each other for many, many years, I think over 30 years now, but when I started in the ministry, it was shortly right after he started, and we became fast friends, and uh, as he pastored another church here in town, and I was pastoring, and then uh, we pastored together for a number of years, and we uh, also took some trips to Bulgaria together, and uh, that was very interesting. Maybe you can uh, tell you a little bit about that, but the main thing is, when you've known somebody that long, you get to know them well, and I just want you to know, he's a dear friend of mine, and I'm so blessed to have him speak to you this morning. And uh, so would you give Dan a big hand, Dan Gibbard, as he comes to share the word of God this morning. Thank you. Amen. It's good to be here. Um, I wanted to do something a little different. I felt like, I felt like there was kind of a, a holy moment in this house. Um, so if you could all just stand with me just for a minute. I just feel the leading of the Spirit to do this. Um, I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that God called me out of darkness. I am so thankful that he saved my life. And I just wanted to take just about a minute for us you can just do it individually, just to lift your hands to the Lord and just extend thanks to Him. Father, we are so thankful that you reached into our dark world and called us into your incredible light. We don't know how we could have ever done life without you, and looking back on it, we're thankful that we didn't have to. So today we just say thank you for coming into our lives, interrupting us. (laughs) And I can look back on these years and I do not have a single regret that I said yes to you. And so we bring you the honor and the glory and the praise that you deserve with thankful hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Give God a hand. Amen. God is good. You may be seated. Um. My notes got baptized in coffee latte, um, and so they're going to be livelier than they were in first service. (laughs) Vanilla. Good stuff. So over the last several weeks, uh, actually last three weeks, we've been uh, in a a series called A World Looking for Love. And how many of you know when you look at the world who is not connected to God, they're looking for love in all the wrong places? Right? I mean, they're trying to fill that God-shaped void with everything that doesn't belong there. Uh, and yet, when you and I came to Christ, when God called us out of darkness and filled us up and, and saved our lives, we found true love. Just, I don't know why I thought of that movie, True Love. <laughs> it's what brings... Yes, anyway, I won't go there because everybody will be off somewhere. <laughs> so we've been talking about out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 
And so on the first week, um, Pastor brought up the, the different words for love. There's the God kind of love and, and all these different words. For example, storge, which is natural love. Uh, there's phileo, which is friendship, is where Philadelphia gets their name. Uh, eros or erotic is the, the physical attraction, that kind of love. And then there's the last but not least, but most important, is the agape love. And it, what is that? It's the unconditional love, an intentional an unconditional expression that chooses to do something caring or helpful regardless of the cost or consequences to oneself. And so from that first week when we talked about love, those kinds of love, then, then the pastor went into two weeks where he talked about what honor is and then who we honor, how we honor. Um, and so the, the only way that we can truly honor is by truly walking in God's love, right? And so when we look at this, it says um, who we honor. And so he went through all these different ones. It's on the overhead, others authority, and I'm not going to go in depth in these because he already did a good job of doing that last week, uh, parents, marriage, age, here I am, uh, nature, and God. And so we honor uh, by walking in love toward them and showing respect. So this week, what I really want to do is I want to address this whole idea of agape love, God's love, and honor from the perspective of an unfolding journey. Now, I don't know about you, but as I look back over my life, I recognize that my life, when I said yes, became this spiritual journey along the way, right? I mean, we're in a, it's a journey. When you said yes to Jesus, how many of you, when you first said yes to Jesus, you thought it was going to be a sprint? And the next thing you know, you're going to be in heaven and yay, that was easy. One week in and I'm in. But then you find out it's a marathon. And, and, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, I remember when I first got saved, I literally felt like I was in a cocoon for like six months. I mean, six months. This cocoon was around me, and nothing fazed me, nothing bothered me. I mean, just God was, his presence was all around me, filling me up. God was doing stuff. I was seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. In the end of six months, something happened. I thought, do I need to get born again again? Because I thought I blew it. Now, question for you. I need total honesty. How many of you, since you said yes to Jesus, have made at least one mistake since you got saved? Oh, yay, more than in the first service. Had a lot of people that had to come to the altar for making the mistake of lying. Here's the deal, folks. If you look at Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, every single person in there was a broken, flawed person with the exception of Jesus Christ. Right? It's true. All of us. And so there, isn't there a tendency we give our lives to Jesus and we think, I'm just going to live this perfect life, and then you make a mistake? It's called sin. <laughs> but aren't you glad there's forgiveness? There's forgiveness. I've been forgiven of much. And we just need to get it. We need to understand that God forgives us at every phase of our journey. Because how many of you have heard the term that's a life lesson. It's a life lesson, right? And, and what I've come to understand, that life is a lesson. Every day I get up, I experience a couple things. One is the fact that God's mercy is new today. 
It's not left over from yesterday. He didn't clump it up and say, well, I didn't use it yesterday. I'll throw it, throw it at him today. No, it's brand spanking new, unscathed. It's, it's never been touched. Mercy for today. Thank God for the mercy for today. But guess what? You're going to get up tomorrow, and it's brand new all over again. Thank God for his mercy that helps us live for him. I could almost preach right here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I want to address this, this whole idea in, a, in an unfolding journey, and I want to start it in Genesis chapter 22. It's a very familiar portion of Scripture, and I'm sure you've read it before and seen it, but I want to I kind of squeeze out some truths in there that maybe you've never seen before. Um, some words that are going to come out, and I want to capitalize on those to help us understand the journey that we're on. So, here we go. Uh, Genesis 22, verse 1, starting with verse 1. Now, it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. God wasn't sure where he was, so he had to tell him. So, I want to stop there, so hang on right there, because I want to I highlight something in this verse here. And that is, notice how it says, now it came to pass after these things, you'll have to go back to chapter 21 to see what the things were because he gained a son and lost a son all in one chapter. Right? He gained a son. He lost a son all in one chapter. And now, after waiting, he's 100 years old or he's over 100 at this point. But can you imagine having a child at 100 years old? No, thank you very much. I'm on to great grandkids. I can spoil the daylights out of them and send them home with lots of candy. Forget having my own. But can you imagine? Now he's got this child, but the difference, well, I'll go into that. Here we go. Verse 2. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. Now think about that. He says, your son, your only son. But wait a minute, he had two. Here's the difference. Remember he had Ishmael? Ishmael, as you look in Scripture and you read it through, is, is, a work of, is known as the work of the flesh. It was their idea. It was, their, it was something they did to try and propel God's plan forward. You know, when we do our own thing and think we're propelling, we're only putting ourselves in a ditch. We're not helping ourselves out. We need to follow God. But, you know, Abraham thought, well, we're going to help God. He said, see to many nations, I'm getting really old. Sarah, well, you know, I don't know what to say about her, but we need to have a child because there needs to be. And God said, no, 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 no. Here's the second son was the son of the spirit. Do you see the difference? You find it in Hebrews. It's the son of the spirit. And so he says, your son, the son of the spirit, okay, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Can you imagine what's going through his head? Wait a minute. We just waited how many years? Verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back 
to you. Keep that in mind. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac (laughs) spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, "Uh, my father? (laughs) He said, here I am. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Now, here's faith. Here's love. Here's honor. Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in the order, and he bound Isaac his son, laid him on the altar upon the wood, and Abraham stretched out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. Verse 12, and he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted uh, uh, his eyes and looked and there behind him was a uh, a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And watch this. Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. It's the first time in scripture you see the Lord will provide. As it is said this day, in the mount, which is Moriah, of the Lord, it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore. Your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Abraham returned to this young man, They arose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Now, it's good scripture, isn't it? I mean, it's a good reading. There's an amazing amount of stuff there. But what in the world does this have to do with love and honor? I'm glad you asked. Everything has everything to do with love and honor. So I want to kind of squeeze some stuff out here. First of all, the word Moriah is, is, uh, the name is made up of two Hebrew words. The one part of it is the word ra'ah, ra'ah, and what it means is to be seen, visible, shown, perceived, or revealed. And then the second part of that is the word yah, which yah means Lord, Moriah. So here's when you put it together, what it means. It means revealed of God. So not only did Jehovah Jireh show up on the scene in the land of God revealed, where when he went there, God revealed himself as the one who reveals himself as the one who makes provision seen. He's the God who makes, so when you say Jehovah Jireh, he's the God who makes provision seen. So when you pray, Father, you know what my needs are. You're the Jehovah Jireh. 
You're going to reveal yourself to me in this moment as the one who gives me what I need. Now, let me give you an example of this. I didn't even say it in first, but here you go. This is extra free. You know how when Moses was talking to God, just before he was going to go into Egypt and say, hey, God sent me here. Remember how God revealed himself in Genesis or in, in uh, uh, Exodus? He goes, you tell them the I am. Do you remember that? You tell them the I am. And what that means is the I am that I am, the self-existent one. And so when we look at the I am, we can say God is the I am, whatever you need. It doesn't matter what you need. He is the one that will meet the need because he is Jehovah Jireh. He's the one that makes provision seen. I hope we're getting this. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to fast forward about 500 years or so. And we see the journey of the children of Israel from the, from the book of Exodus all the way through the book of Deuteronomy. And we're going we're gonna to see point number one, God's love revealed. God's love revealed. You see it. As in, in Exodus, how the people cried out and said, God, we're in bondage. We need to be delivered. And he revealed his love, and he sent Moses. It was the love of God that led the children of Israel out of Egypt. It's the land of slavery. It's the land of bondage when they cried out to him. You and I, here's the deal. Here, you and I, before we came to Christ, we were living in Egypt. You say, I've never been there. Oh, yes, you were. You were born in it. Because Egypt means a place of bondage. It means a place of slavery. It's a place of addiction. It's a place of everything completely contrary to the things of God. You and I lived in Egypt. And he called us out. He called us out of the land of Egypt, didn't he? That's our place of bondage. But here's what's really cool. It was the love of God that led them through the Red Sea. The Red Sea. When we got saved, it, we got saved and came through the blood of Christ. Come on now. <laughs> Are you getting it? We came through the blood of Christ like they came through the Red Sea and they're on the other side of it. Now, you know how we are. There's this thing, we've come out of bondage but it keeps calling out to us, doesn't it? it it's, it's like that song by Keith Green. So you want to go back to Egypt where it's safe and secure. Are you sure, sorry you bought a one-way ticket when you thought you were sure? Eating leeks and onions by the Nile. Woo-hoo, what breath. We're dining out in style. He had to be there. But all the way through that wilderness experience... They kept looking over their shoulder. You know, we should go back there because, you know, bondage seems better than what we don't know what we're going into. Right? But you know what? Don't look back. Keep moving forward. Why? Because there's some amazing miracle signs and wonders in your future. Amen? It was the love of God that provided manna. Christ is our bread, isn't he? Jesus said it. I am the bread of life. So he provided, God provided bread. He provided Christ to them in the wilderness. Here's another one that people don't understand. It was the love of God that provided water from the rock. Jesus Christ is the rock of our salvation. And if you read in scripture, you see it says the rock followed them everywhere they went. It was the rock Christ Jesus. In fact, when you read through it in Deuteronomy, Moses does an incredible uh, comparison between the rock 
capital R-O-C-K, and the rock, little R-O-C-K, of the nations that they were going to go in and overcome and overwhelm. There's a huge difference between the rock that you and I serve and the rock the world wants to give us. Amen? It was the love of God that brought them to the Jordan on the edge of, of receiving their promised land. Now, the analogy breaks down a little bit here because when you and I get to the promised land, guess what? There are no giants there. Our heaven, there is no giants. We're, we're facing them every day here. But how many of you know, how many of you know, listen, that we have a tendency of kind of looking back, don't we? Our past sometimes whispers to us or even shouts to us. Do you remember when you used to do that? It was kind of fun. Well, temptation is fun. Killer, but it's fun. <laughs> Point number two, their attitude displayed. The children of Israel, when they were in the desert going from, you know, from Egypt to their promised land, how many of you know there was a few complaints that happened along the way? You know, I don't know about you, but I've, I've, had, I've been there. <laughs> and have you ever complained once or twice? Rhetorical. It was their complaining that prolonged their journey in their wilderness. You know, and for me, when I, when I get into that place of complaining, I find it interrupts me. It distracts me. It discourages me. I find that I got to turn right back around, go back into the Word, and begin to speak what the Word says. And say what the Word says. Enhance it. And allow God's Word to, to get into me and then speak His Word and watch what happens. The second thing is, is, was their refusal to let go of their past that kept them from reaching the promised land. You know what? Here, church, there are some amazing things that God wants to bring every single one of you into. I'm serious. Every one of you. But you got to let go of the past. You got to let go of the junk. You got to cast it down. The Bible says to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bring into captivity every thought, every thought, every thought to the obedience of Christ. You have a thought that comes to you when you walk out of the service that seems kind of contrary to what the word would say, you know where it's from. And you cast it down. You cast it down. It was their, uh, it was their fear of giants in the land that caused them to see themselves as grasshoppers in their own eyes. Here's the picture. In Numbers, and in, in Pastor alluded to it partially last week, and I thought he was going to dive into this portion here, so I feel free to say it. Here we go. In verse 33, it says, There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Now, isn't that interesting? In their own sight, they, they saw themselves as grasshoppers, so therefore they projected on their enemy what they assumed their enemy saw them as. And nothing could be further from the truth, right? It couldn't be further from the truth. You need to see yourself the way God sees you. You know what I'm saying? See yourself as God sees you. Because... You're born again. He loves you. He called you out of darkness. He has a purpose for your life. You just need to hear that. You need to get it. Because the enemy, he's been lying to some of you. And trying to drag you back and say, you know, that old life, it, it, it's comfortable. 
Tyranny of the familiar. Tyranny of the familiar. Don't go back. Don't go back. Say to the person beside you, don't go back. <laughs> Point number three. I better move this thing on. God's plan demonstrated. Even though they or we sometimes rebel, there is a but God coming. A but God coming. Amen? There's a but God coming. Look at 5.8. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates his love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Aren't you glad? You know, think of the mindset of Jesus. He could have had the mindset that says, you know, I'm not sure if I want to do this because there might be some that won't say yes to me. Instead, he had the mindset, I'm going to do this because at least there might be one that will say yes. That's a completely different way of looking at it. He says, I'm going to do this because there will be at least one that will say yes to me. Well, guess what? There's more than one. That was his mindset. As much as it was in the land of Moriah, God revealed his great love by providing Jehovah Jireh, a sacrifice for Abraham. Watch this. It would also be the place where he would reveal his love by providing a sacrifice for us. Now, I want to I read kind of a lengthy quote to you, but I think you're going to enjoy it. And it's out of Jonathan Kahn's book, The Book of Mysteries. And here's what it says. Are you ready for this? Anyone that's ready, say yo. Okay. The rest who don't want to hear it, just here we go. It says, watch this, this is so cool. This kind of ties everything together. It was in the land of Moriah that God appeared, taking our sins and our judgments upon himself. It was in the land of Moriah that God willingly gave his life, wearing a crown of thorns, being beaten mercilessly, scourged, and bloody because of us. It was in Moriah that God was mocked, ridiculed, beaten, um, stripped naked, pierced through, impaled, and raised up on a wooden execution stake. It was in Moriah that God hung on a cross, bleeding, suffocating, dying, agonizing, and breathing his last breath, and doing it all to save us from judgment, doing it all because of love. It was all in Moriah, the land of God revealed, God willingly hanging naked on an execution stake, bleeding and dying because of us. So who is God? God is love. God is total, unconditional, extreme, incomprehensible, self-sacrificing, cosmic love for us. The greatest love we can or will ever know, that is the absolute and ultimate revelation of God that was manifested once and for all in Moriah, the land of God revealed. He's covered all the bases. He's covered all the bases. Well, you don't know me. No, I don't, but God does, and he still loves you, right? He still loves you now. You talk about amazing love. Think about this for a minute. Talk about amazing love. Think about the fact that Jesus could have, from the Garden of Gethsemane, the place of pressure, the place of squeezing, to the final breath on the cross, backed out and said, forget it. Aren't you glad he didn't? I mean, can you imagine he's hanging from this incredible cross, Think about it. He's hanging from the cross and he's got people who have no idea of the redemptive power of God and what this is all about and saying he saved others. Why can't he save himself? Come on down. 
If he had come down, we'd all been lost in sin for eternity. And he said, forgive them. They don't know what they're saying. And they're right. They didn't know. They had no idea that the whole thing that was happening before their very eyes was a redemptive moment in history so that you and I could say yes to Jesus and have access to the presence of God. Amen. So, now, can we love like he loved? <laughs> that is the $6 billion question. How many of you know it's easier to preach about it, talk about it, read about it, than it is to do it? <laughs> right? Walking in love, and then you meet that person. You know that person. Here's the deal. It's not in our own strength, is it? It's not in our own ability. It's not in our own power or tenacity. But we can with God's help. You say, how? Well, I am so glad you asked. Because I have a scripture for that, actually, in Galatians. And here's what it says in Galatians. Because it talks about the, the deeds of the flesh... And the fruit of the Spirit. Now, we know what the deeds of the flesh are. It's all that stuff. <laughs> you know that stuff. That person, that's the stuff the person beside you does, not you. It's that stuff. But here we go. See, our God is, has provided all we need. And remember, it's Jehovah Jireh. In Galatians 5, 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So we got born again. Now we can walk in the Spirit. So... The fruit of all that is inside of you. If you're born again, it's there. We have to allow that fruit to come through our lives, don't we? Now, I have never, never, ever, ever, ever gone by an apple tree and heard an apple produce an apple. It happens naturally. I've never heard an apple tree grunt and groan to get one out. You got a picture, don't you? I mean, I just... <laughs> There's an apple. It doesn't happen that way, does it? That fruit is there. So we walk in love, and we get challenged, don't we? Say, I'm going to walk in love. Well, I'm just going to do this thing. And you're in Safeway. You see that person, <laughs> fill in blank. I don't know who it might be. Who knows? Maybe me. I don't know. <laughs> you get to love me. We get to walk in love. The Bible says you'll know they're Christians by their love. So I want to close with this last scripture here. It's not in your notes. Just write it down. Um, and it's a prayer, actually. And in Judaism, this prayer was prayed twice a day because of its importance. It's called the prayer of Shema. And the word Shema means to hear. It's Deuteronomy chapter 6. Is it up there? Verse 4 and 5. And here's what it says. Hear, O Israel, 
The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. In other words, your whole being, every part of who you are. It's really cool to do a, a, a breakdown of the scripture, but the word here in this verse means to listen with the intent to obey. Does that make sense? Listen with the intent to obey. It's not, well, I heard it, but, you know, just let's get on to the next thing. It's listen with the intent to obey so we walk in love. So, so we love God so that he can love through us to love others. We, we're not going to do it on our own strength, our own ability. It's not going to happen. But God's love will come through. We'll get challenged in it. We're going to have opportunities to walk in love. And it's amazing how when you do, how it makes a difference in the person that's cantankerous. Anyone ever had a cantankerous person? Please don't point to the spouse next to you. Anyway. So hear, O Israel. Listen. 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 Now, I know during a service, there's a tendency for us to get distracted when the pastor's preaching. And, well, maybe you got distracted when I was, but when Doug preaches, you don't. But just in case your, your mind wanders and you didn't hear it says to stay attentive, stay focused, dig into it, listen carefully, lean into it. Why? Because there's a seed that's going to be preached from here that you're going to need for that week. Don't know what it would be. But he always uh, speaks to our hearts, the messages across his pulpit, in a way that gives us the ability to walk it out that next week. Let's stand. Thank you so much. Now, you may be here. Go ahead and just bow before the Lord right now. Just shut yourself in with God. Believers, I just need you to pray. Pray in the Spirit. And you're here this morning. Maybe this is the first time you've been here, and you don't know the Lord yet, or you've been here for a while, and, and you still don't know the Lord, or, or uh, you turn and walked away, and you want to make a recommitment to the things of God today. And God's dealing with, I know God's dealing with your heart. The Holy Spirit has drawn you in here for a purpose. You're not here by accident. And you're here all around the room. You say, you know, I just, I, I need to make that commitment to Jesus. And what I want you to do is just, I want you to lift your hand to the Lord all over the room, just right now, just anyone who needs to know the Lord. Go ahead, anyone at all. Okay, okay, anyone? Okay, back there, okay, good. Oh, my goodness, one, two, three, four, and five. Any others? Any others? Come on, let's give God a hand. Let's give God a hand. Thank you, Lord. All right, so here's the deal. We're going to pray with you. And as we hear week in and week out, it's not a formula. It's a commitment of the heart to the things of God that you're, you're saying yes to Jesus today. And his Holy Spirit will come in. You're not going to do it on your own. And uh, he'll take residence in your life. So let's pray. We're going to pray this prayer together. Are you ready? Here we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you in need of forgiveness. Come into my life and make a change in my heart. Forgive me of my past so I can live for you in my future. I put my trust in you today that you will lead me and guide me 
I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I accept you as my boss and my king. And I give my all to you right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. What I'd like to have uh, the altar workers to come forward, and we're going to pray. You may have raised your hand, and you want someone to pray with you. Or maybe you're here, and you just have a need, and you want someone to pray for you then as well. Um, They're going to be up here. We're going to sing another song. So just, uh, you're set free to, to come forward and receive prayer, aren't you? Okay, let's go ahead and sing.